You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Friends, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast. My name is Rachel Autry, and I am so excited about today's conversation is for the people that want an A-plus performance. The girls who get up and make the to-do list and go, go, go and strive and have five-year plans and big dreams for what their life can be. I'm that girl too. I get you to the core But a lot of times that leads us to this false idea of success, which can also lead us to a false identity of ourselves, where we don't know who we are, we feel completely misunderstood, but we're so seen. Maybe you've put yourself out there, you feel like people know who you are, you're that people person, the go-to girl, but sometimes you still feel alone. Sometimes, even if you did reach that A-plus performance that we know and we love, you still don't feel good enough. If you feel this way, don't feel alone. I get you. And there's so many other women that get you too. One of them is one of my favorite. Her name is Mary Marantz. She's joined us on another podcast episode a few years ago, but she's joining us again to speak to this idea of what success really is. So if you are the girl who feels like she must always be on, you must always be performing, this is your deep breath to let go of the compulsive successness that you need in life. Mary is giving us all the permission to stop running, to stop achieving and striving and performing for your worth, and instead resting in the grace and the freedom and the purpose that we have in our calling that's already determined by God. I'm telling you, (laughs) this conversation is stellar, and I'm so excited that you've chosen to listen to this one today because I know it's made just for you in mind. But hey, before we jump in, I want to tell you some really exciting news that I have been on the edge of my seat to tell you for a while now. And I finally am able to tell you what's been going on here behind the scenes at Behind the Bliss. We have been curating just for you an apparel line of encouraging pieces that we pray inspire you and speak good news with great joy when you wear them to yourself and to others. So let me tell you, there's six pieces that are included. They're all so cute and I cannot wait for you to see them. The shop will be open and available for you to order your own piece or pieces on March 24th. So set your calendar and make sure to text the word bestie, B-E-S-T-I-E to 55444. It's bestie to 55444 and you'll get signed up for all the information. We'll share when we launch, what link to click, the different items included, and all the fun things we don't want you to miss out on. If you aren't on social media, or let's be honest, it's just so easy to miss things on social media these days. So sign up for our text, you'll get added to our email list, and you will get all the good news. Okay, now back to the episode. Without further ado, here is my friend, Mary Morantz. Mary, welcome back to Behind the Bliss Podcast. I am so thrilled to have you again. Oh my gosh. Rachel, first of all, thanks so much for having me again a second time. And also, what is time that it feels like it was like yesterday? And I don't know, it's been like, what, like a year, a year and a half at this point? I think truly like a year and a half. And that blows my mind. I feel like it should have, yeah, this is just wild. 
But here yeah. we are sitting down again. A lot of life has happened in between then and now. Uh-huh. And I'll link that show no- I'll link that episode in our show notes because that was one of my favorite conversations about how you can bloom from anywhere you come in life and no matter what is in your past doesn't dictate your future or your identity or your validity. And it just was mm. incredible. And that is what you carry and embody. And I need, I need some of that truth back in my life. So you are the best. You're the absolute best. And (laughs) I, I was just noticing on your Instagram that you're like coming up on the year mark of being a mom. Yeah. Blows my mind. I don't understand how that happens so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was talking to you last, little Maddox man was still in my tummy. So yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I know wild okay tell our friends listening if they have not yet listened to the first episode with you just give us a little spark notes version about who mary is what you've got going on because you're really fun so i'm excited to share it with the people <laughs> well now i feel like i need to lead with like my epic dance moves and my sean connery like if you want if you like want to know me as the fun version my sean connery impression um i'm sure you're familiar with etymology of your surname Godspeed, as in Godspeed, uh, which is the name of our dog. It's the name. Godspeed is our second fluffy golden retriever, and we live in Connecticut um, by the sea in a little 1880s fixer-upper by the sea. I feel like that's all the fun stuff. My husband, Justin, and I and our two dogs, Atticus and Goodspeed. That's Wild. that's fun, Mary. When I come to Connecticut, by the way, I'm coming and I'm just going to hit you up because I need the oh, beautiful home with the incredible view. Literally, I don't know if people know you online, but Guys, when she opens her front door, it's like the <laughs> most breathtaking view. It is beautiful. And that that we just kept like through the years of renovation and like dust in the house, construction dust. We just kept looking that way. Mm-hmm. That that'll be that'll be what makes it <laughs> worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think other stuff probably to know just so you're not like who who is this Sean Connery dancing Connecticut weirdo? Um, is that I uh, first went to law school at Yale um, from a single wide trailer in West Virginia. That's sort of the story of my first book, Dirt. And the places we go and coming back home again and making peace with our past and our story. Mm-hmm. And I was a, a, still am, but had a full-time photography business with my husband, Justin, for 15 years um, and then moved into the education space for photographers and um, did that, like I said, for about 15 years. And then I um, signed my book deal uh, in 2019 to do this is that we've done the first and the second of five books so I'm pretty <laughs> pretty busy doing that lately and I have a podcast called the Mary Morant show and between that and the Sean Connery impressions I stay pretty busy <laughs> <laughs> okay tell us about this new book that you've got so you wrote a book called dirt as you mentioned mm. and as is one of my favorites ever, 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 ever. And the audiobook version is the one that I always tell my friends about. I'm like, the book version is really cool, but the audiobook. Oh, interesting. Really? It's one of my favorites. Because I read it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. one, you read it, which is just cool to get to know the author, which I didn't know that you have to audition to read your own book when you do right? an audiobook. That's why. Yeah. That's just crazy. So weird. But yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I love the book really because like you were saying, your past is not define your future or what success mm-hmm. looks like. And so now here you are writing a new book about in my opinion, from what I gathered, like this bigger idea of success and like, mm-hmm. what is success in your life? And if you're not rooted as an individual or at, like if your soul isn't grounded to a different firm foundation, then it doesn't matter what happens in life, whatever highs you experience, mm-hmm. it might not matter. So I want to dive into this topic because this is something that I feel like is so big in culture right now is getting like TikTok famous or like overnight success and like all these buzzwords. And I'm like, guys, what if it's not about that? You know? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Man, do I feel all of that. Like, um, I'm not on TikTok. I'm not saying I'll never be on TikTok, <laughs> but I will say that to, as of this moment, I have, I have not given in to the peer pressure or temptation or whatever you want to call it. TikTok needs your um, dance moves though. So. <laughs> I do. And the dance does live in me. I'm not going to lie. The dance, the dance is my friend. Um, but I am also, I'm very much an old soul and I'm very much a, I'm very big on asking myself the question, like what lasts? Mm. And I did a post like last year sometime that just went pretty crazy. <laughs> Ironically, went pretty viral, even though it was about this stuff doesn't matter. Um, and it was just talking about you could Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and TikTok your way out of your legacy. Hmm. Like TikTok and the clock is ticking. There was like a really cool play on words there that I can't remember exactly right now. Um, <laughs> but, but it was, it was basically like – yeah, it was it was it was commentary in the form of a play on words. Um, and yeah, it was just basically saying, like, listen, you know and I know how much mental energy goes into creating these posts and the graphics and the content and the reels and the dancing and all this other stuff now. And you're only given a certain amount of capacity every day for creation. You just mm -hmm. are. You know, there's there's a, it's scientific that there are just a few hours that are your best, most productive time. And if you are not careful, you can spend years giving your best content to an algorithm that gobbles it up the next day, the next minute, never even shows it to the world at this point. And so it's just basically talking about like there's distracted work and there's deep work and make no mistake about it. Deep work will be your legacy. Hmm. So I really feel all of that when you're talking about what's the number one thing you want to be when you grow up. You ask like anybody 20 and under and it's not picking on 20 year olds. It's just that demographic. It is to be famous. There's the possibility of being a personal brand. There's the possibility of charting your own course. And I celebrate all of that. Like I am not going to be the one who says, go get your corporate job and put in these hours. You know, uh, I left being a lawyer to go start my own business. So I understand that. But what you're talking about is like, what is driving them? Is it freedom or is it fame? Mm -hmm. And I feel like we are seeing a generation rise that is simultaneously the most seen generation and the least known. Wow. Right. So they have spent so much time living with a phone in their face, living with a camera in their face, trying to be seen, trying to be seen, trying to go viral, trying to work the algorithm, trying to make this happen, trying to get followers, that they're living their lives with a community that sees them every single day, but nobody who actually knows what's going on behind the scenes. Wow. Nobody's actually showing up in the hard stuff. And that's terrifying. And we see, I mean, this is like a whole other book and plenty of people have written it <laughs> about the anxiety and the rise of mental health issues. And just, I mean, we really have to, we really have to ask ourselves if what is being rewarded in this time hmm. is for the good of any of us. Right. So that's my little rant on that about I'm still not on TikTok, and that's why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what this book, what this book is really about, is in very in many ways, it is the twin sister to Dirt. It's sort of the Dirt was not complete without this story, mm -hmm. and so if Dirt is the love letter to the girl in the trailer, and you'll see if you ever get Dirt or if you look it up online or whatever, it's that book itself is divided into two parts: the girl in the trailer and the girl after. Um, but I think that book is very much a love letter to the girl in the trailer, to not leaving her behind, to going back and finding her, to saying, listen, I've spent my whole life grabbing you by the hand and dragging you to safety that yeah. I forgot to ever look around, lean down, look you in the face and say, I'm sorry this happened to you, hmm. right? This empathy for the littlest versions of us. So that book is very much like for little Mary. 
this book is very much for grown up Mary. And in it's very intentional. We were talking about this a little bit before we hopped on, but it's very intentional that those books look the way that they do. So Dirt is mostly black and white, stark. You see a photo of this very rundown trailer on the cover, which is the actual trailer I grew up in. It's not a stock photo. My husband, Justin, took it the first time we went home to West Virginia. And then you have Slow Growth Equals Strong Roots, which is pink with gold foil and has this beautiful editorial photos, uh, tons of photos throughout the book and like these very typographically styled um, Vanity Fair-esque pages, Mm -hmm. you know, quotes from the book are turned into these just pieces of art throughout the, the pages. And I say in the intro, the author's note, I say, I get it. That was on purpose. I know it's ironic to have a book about giving up how other people see you and achieving for your worth be housed in such a beautiful package, mm. right? And and that was on, that was intentional because I knew that five or six years ago when I was at the height of achieving for my worth, that would be the book I would have picked up off, you know, off shelves because of how it made me feel and because of the beautiful life I was trying to build. And so it's kind of like a, I want to, I wrote this book to like six years ago, me, when mm. I was just the height of the woman after the trailer. So they do look very different, but you could say that about me. You could say that about me right now sitting with you versus me as little Mary in the trailer. And yet we're somehow the same. Yeah. Oh, so good. Chills. I loved when you're talking about we have such a generation and even it's us I'd challenge. Like anyone has the potential to be seen yet not known, whether you're Mm -hmm. online or not. Like that's just something as a humanity is going to experience. And but yeah, I love your personal story about how if someone were to look at it from an outsider's point of view, you've been through some low lows and you've also experienced some super high highs and you've overcome and she went for it and there was success in her life and all these things. But was there a point in your life and in this moment of what, what would look like success that you kind of were like, pause, Hmm. I don't know if this is what Mary can live Mm -hmm. off of for the rest of her life that made you reroute. Did you have one of those like pivoting moments? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like the way most of us reroute and that's like one degree at a time. <laughs> yeah. That's good. We yeah. shall course correct by north by northwest, one degree, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so what I mean by that is I think you I've experienced different versions of it. So let me give you a little bit of a backstory and then I wanna I wanna tell you kind of the punchline to this. So Please. the backstory is there's a part in dirt where I talk about it's near the middle of the book. I'm making that arch into the woman after, the girl after the trailer, and I've been accepted to Yale Law School. And the next you know, you, you get the, you end that chapter says, Mary, welcome to Yale Law School. And the very next chapter kicks off with, there is a reason why we flip the channel at the end of the movie when the hero finally gets everything that they ever wanted. Hmm. Cue the credits, cue the inspirational score. It's because we don't want to sit around and see somebody live out their life with ev- getting everything they ever wanted. Like right. that's so boring <laughs> at that point. Win after win after win. Like who cares? We're on to our next unlikely underdog story. And it says, but what if success was where the real trouble began? Mm. What if we get everything we ever wanted only to find out we still don't like walking around in the skin that we're in? Mm. That when we put our heads down at night on the cool pillows, we feel like a walking, waking imposter and we whisper to this thin epidermis, what is wrong with you? Every raw nerve ending screaming out, you got everything you ever wanted. What are you still complaining about? This moment when I could get into something like the number one law school in the country and it not change anything right. to still feel like I wasn't enough. There's this great scene 
right after that where I'm in the hallways and I've bought the J. Crew gray cardigan wool sweater that was like the uniform of <laughs> the preppy elite or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, talking about like it's on the shelves and J. Crew under like a bouquet of freshly sharpened pencil skirts or whatever. Little you've got male reference there. <laughs> and um, it's talking about like you there's this hole in your heart except that doesn't come close to describing it it's not a pinhole that can be you know quickly repaired it's more like having a chest wound the size of or a root canal the size of a chest wound where people can see right through you and when the air shifts in the room every nerve ending is screaming back to life mm. and it says i tried to backfill and landfill that hole with gold stars and brand name labels and achievements and check boxes and highlight reels only to realize that it was something that numbed but never satisfied. Mm. It was like I was making God a Pez dispenser, like keep the sugary, sweet highs yes. coming, God. Yep. Never mind that I'm anemic on my faith. Yeah. And where I'm going with that, this is the punchline part, is this book, Slow Growth, kicks off with our inciting incident. I mean, this is this is that thing that is gonna kick off the narrative arc we're about to go on. This is the thing that will leave our hero utterly and forever changed by the end, we hope. The thing that sends her on the journey, our inciting incident, not just mine, but all of ours, is breathless and at last exhausted. Hmm. Because until you reach that place, until you've tried it for yourself and achieved and achieved and achieved and one more thing and just one more, you know, let me let me get something from Pier 1. Okay, now I immediately want something from Pottery Barn. And oh my gosh, one day Restoration Hardware, let's work our way up the ladder of fancy until you have tried and failed to achieve your way into wholeness, not just belonging or worth, but wholeness. Right. Until you've tried it yourself for a little while and seen like, okay, I guess there is no amount of more that will ever make me stop feeling less than, then you're not going to believe me. So we sort of have to start to reach the end of. That's right. The end of yourself. It's not working. Yeah. Now what? Now what do we do? And then we go back to the beginning and fix it the right way. And we do that by making peace with our story. That's so good. And I think a lot of us are experiencing that right now because of what these past two years logistically have been like cooped up yeah. alone, everything, a lot of what we were used to distracting us in life stripped away. So now we're left, yeah. to, we're left at that. Like, Hmm, if everything was stripped away, who was Rachel? Like, who am I? Yeah. If, if I wasn't fill in the blank, if this didn't ever happen, like, what would I be? Who would I be to myself and who would I be to other people? Who am I to the God? that I serve like that kind of bigger, bigger minded question, which is really uncomfortable yeah. to go there. That's, it's a bold place yeah. to be. You have to be brave to confront those spaces. And oh, I want hundred percent. I want, I want to say something too, to you saying earlier, um, correcting by one degree. I'm like, you're speaking to a pilot wife. So I'm like, I kind of thrive off of the aviation metaphors. Yes. <laughs> We're like, it's so true. If you set your course, even one degree off, if you went a mile or two miles, like wouldn't be that big of a deal. You might be a little mm -hmm. off, but if you were to go for miles and miles and miles and never take inventory over the GPS and take ownership and control and be like, wait, hold on a second. We're off course here. Then you would, yeah. you'd be in a different country. And so That's it's right. important to realize that the one degree is such an easy change that in the grand scheme of things could put you in such a better and like more on course direction if you just do the yes. one degree right now. So for the person that's listening and thinking, yeah, I think I've come to the end of myself. I'm not really quite sure even what to do. I'd say one degree. And I think you'd mm. agree. One degree. Whatever yeah. it is today. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like there is actually a, a, a big pull quote in the book that talks about we 
don't give up achieving for our worth once and then we're done. Mm-hmm. We do it like anything we've become addicted to and that's one day at a time. Every single day we have to wake up and we have to say, hey, I'm going to go after some stuff today. I'm going to try to make some things happen. I got dreams and goals and I got a list of things that at the top rights I wrote, boss up. <laughs> like, <laughs> boss be a boss up. January, <laughs> be a boss February, whatever. I got some things I'm going to work on. Mm-hmm. But even if I don't get any of them done, I am still Mary. That's so good. Even if I try and none of them work out, I am still Mary. Even if I try and they super work out and I feel super important for five seconds, I'm still Mary. That's so good. And and like I have to live with Mary for hopefully the next, you know, 40 or 50 years or whatever it is, four or five minutes, whatever. And I just, I cannot do it anymore. I can't do it anymore, Rachel, saying to myself, you do not count yet. Mm. Being with you day in and day out, Mary, it's horrible. I'm going to need you to be a whole lot more and a whole lot better if I'm going to hang out with you for the next decades. That's horrible. Mm -hmm. We would never say that to a friend. Mm -hmm. I would never say that to some of my best friends. You're actually kind of boring. That's You think that's a big deal? Mm. You think that matters? You think people are ever going to care? I would never talk to a friend that way. Yeah, we talk to ourselves like that all the time. Yep. But we're the people. We are the only person in the world we, are spend, we will spend our whole lives with. That's so true. It's you know? true. It's a hard fact. One of my favorite yeah. things about this side of the microphone, and you'd probably say the same, is that we get to speak to some of like our faith heroes, like people in life that you're like, I get to interview who? Yeah. Like those are really fun moments. And like you mm. are one of those for me where I was like, what? Oh. This is mm. so fun. And as I'm sitting here and we're having this conversation, I'm tying a big like thread in between everybody. And it's like you, like you embody success to me and like um, Ellie Holcomb embody success to me, Morgan Harper Nichols embody success to me. But at the end of every one of our conversations, it always ends with like, but if I don't value myself or if I'm not valid enough for me, or if I don't rely on who mm. God's made me to be to me, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how yeah. many New York Times bestselling books you have, how many Grammys you get nominated for at the end of the day, like that, that's that's it. And I think that's the hardest part about all of this is that you can get all the accolades, all the applause and standing ovations. And at the end of the day, if you lay in bed at night and you are disgusted or discouraged by or don't think the best things of yourself, mm. it doesn't matter. And, um, yeah. and I think a lot of people yeah. find themselves there. So what kind of encouragement I mean, what you have said is enough in my opinion, but there might be someone still there that's like, yeah, but you don't know this part Mm -hmm. of me. Or like, you didn't see that moment, Mary, Rachel, like Mm -hmm. you don't get it. What would you say to that person? Well, the one thing I want to add before I even dig into that is going along with what you just said, Rachel, and I bet you've also experienced this, is I was... I was interviewing Sadie Robertson recently, which I think she was, wasn't she also on your show? No, but put in a good word. (laughs) I 100% will. I 100% Sadie. Um, Yeah, Sadie, Sadie. Um, Anyway, so I was talking to her and I was saying to her, you know, something I have noticed from, like you said, sitting on this side of the microphone and, and interviewing people I, you know, look up to as well, is something I have noticed as somebody who I consider myself to be an empath, I consider myself to have a pretty high level of discernment, Mm -hmm. is that there is a certain weariness to people when I'm interviewing them 
from people only seeing them as the things they have done. So, wow. you know, whether they are a singer or an actress or an author or whatever the case is, you can wa- I can watch the weariness come and sit on their shoulders when they're like, oh, man, here's going to be another person asking me about Dancing with the Stars or whatever. Hmm. And I just saw like Sadie's face change when I said that. And she was like, yeah, like 100 percent, like you stop being a human to people at a certain point, like you become a public person, not a person person. And I was saying to her that um, right before that, I had been talking, I am not saying this to be like, and let me tell you these other names. Um, <laughs> John Aniquist, who is, who is my ultimate, like she's like, I, she's been my favorite author for as long as I can remember. She was on literally right before. And she had said, we were talking about a part in her new book where she's in church. She's really struggling. She's having a really hard time. Somebody comes up to ask to take her picture. And I said to her, you know, that she, she didn't comment on it. She just said the sentence and then moved on in the book. I said, that's such a brutal moment mm-hmm. because at some point you stop being human, you know, like you don't get to be a person person. You're, you're a public person. And she was just saying like, yeah, I have to, I have to find a way to lead showing people that it doesn't, you don't stop being human. So where I'm going with that is not only can you have all these successes and it's like be like, oh, is it enough? Is it not enough? You could actually reach a point where you feel a little sad mm. to have crossed that line and now all you are to people is what you've done. Because you can't there go back. There could come a point. You can't go back. You can there never move a point to Mexico in your life. and be a stranger again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You, yeah. I mean, there could come a point in your life where you could say, I would give anything for somebody to ask me a question that's not about what I do. Mm. You know, so I just think that's an interesting side of it. But to the person who's like, yeah, yeah, that's great for Sadie and Shauna, but I'm not there, Mary. Let's let's talk about me chasing a goal. Let's talk about me building a business. Let's talk about my to-do list. Let's talk about me looking in the mirror this morning. I think so much of this, Rachel, starts with taking captive how we speak to ourselves and mm-hmm. the thoughts that we have. And I mean, there's study after study that will tell you that the that being kind to yourself and cheering yourself on and like you know, the positive thoughts versus the tearing yourself down, mm. you're going to be far more likely to reach those goals or do the things that you want to do than beating yourself up every day. I mean, that's just like, imagine if you had a coach, you know, on the little league team or whatever, who's just telling you how short you came up again and how wow. you're not trying hard enough. And like, he's disappointed in you. Are you going to want to work harder for that coach? Are you going to want to rise to what you're being called to, you're going to be your best self in front of that coach. Of no. course not. Of course not. Right. And so I think a lot of it is taking captive. And man, I'm so speaking to myself here because it is a work in progress. But like just catching yourself saying things like, <laughs> I'll give you an example, Rachel. We have spent the last couple of weeks building out this massive project, this quiz that we're doing along with the book that is no joke, maybe one of the biggest projects I've ever done in my life. And every time I caught myself saying, I can't believe it's still not done yet. I can't believe it's still not done yet. Um, I just started like catching myself mid-sense and kind of doing like that Mel Robbins, like high five situation. (laughs) Like, but here's everything that did get done. That's right. And here's all the people it is going to help. And here's, you know, the gifts you've been given that you're using. You're not, you know, figuring it all out instantly, but you're being brave and you're being curious and you're stepping forward and you're raising your hand man, does that matter? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it just starts going back to what I said before. We're literally the only people we do our whole lives with. So we get to determine whether that's going to be a fun roommate or or not, you know? So I think it starts there. That's so good. A lot of what we do around here at the podcast is very topic centered. So it's like family life, career life, you know, Mm -hmm. your relationship with the Lord. And this covers 
every part of it. So when we talk about mm. success, when you say success to anyone, they're going to think, well, it depends on what, what per part of my life we're talking about right now, you know, but like, no, yeah. this kind of success, it goes into the conference room. It goes into the dinner table. It goes into the coffee dates. It goes to into everything. Yeah. And I love that. And something else I would add to the whole, um, something you can start doing right now, taking your thought captive would be also like find people in your life that you trust enough to, to like monologue these thoughts with that can catch you in those moments to be like, Mary, what? (laughs) I'm going to let you say that again. Like, no, that is not who you are, you know, and to remind you and to call you higher because it's, sometimes it becomes such a muscle memory, at least to me, it becomes such a muscle memory to me that I have a hard time catching those things until I'm Mm -hmm. sitting on like a couch paying a therapist to tell me I'm telling myself wrong things, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, something that I was just thinking of that I do talk about in dirt that I think ties in really well here in terms of like, okay, we've said it's one day at a time. Mm -hmm. We've said it's course by course correction. We said it's taking every thought captive. Let's build on that's three good things to start with. Let's build on that one more. And I want to say that's like raising your hand to put yourself in situations where you're not allowed to draw from those familiar addictions, those familiar tanks. So I'll give you an example. In Dirt, I talk about, I feel like when I walk into every room, I have a butler who has to go ahead of me and introduce me. And in my head, my butler is Dwight Schrute (laughs) from that episode of The Office. Mr. James Halpert or whatever. I love it. And But my, my butler is there to tell the people where I went to school, what I do for my business, accolades I've had, how many books that I'm writing, the podcast, who the guests have been, et cetera, et cetera. And I say, listen, I want to be clear here. It is not so that I am so impressive to them. Hmm. It's so that I don't, they don't feel like they're wasting their time just by being with me, hmm. that I can show them that I have like this information or this con- these connections or I can be of value to them somehow wow. because it cannot, I cannot wrap my head around just sitting with another human and being merry with her old soul and her kind eyes and her empathetic heart and her gentle edges that have been rounded off by a hard story could be enough for somebody. So I have to layer on all this other stuff just so I can matter to them. Mm. So raising your hand to put yourself in situations that push you outside of that, those old faithfuls out of that comfort zone is showing up and not saying any of that stuff. Just being Mary. Hey, I'm Mary from New Haven. It's going to a conference and not having a head-to-toe entire new outfit because it feels like outer body armor that's going to keep me safe. It's having conversations where it doesn't get directed to anything that I do or anything I'm wearing or anybody I know. Mm-hmm. And just being a soul in a body across from another soul in a body. That shouldn't be as hard as it is. I was just about But to it say, is hard for me. It's me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's brave work to for it not to be about you plus some. Yeah. You know. Yes. Like if we were yeah. just stripped down knowing we're enough. And that seems yeah. so cheesy, but it's so dang hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it really takes is. practice. And that is, it is not something I feel like we have to perfect in order to move forward and have a part of our mm-hmm. lives either. Like, love what you said that you're still figuring this out. I'm still figuring this out. Whoever's listening, you're still figuring this out. I don't think we'll ever be on the other side of like, oh yeah, I feel confident in this. And if we do, yeah. then I'd say that might even be a point to take a step back <laughs> and take inventory too. Yeah. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mayday, mayday. So like, I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there's this happy medium. And I think that that is what's so cool about the relationship with the Lord as being humble, but like, mm. um, 
I heard someone define humbleness. Or, no, that's not even a word. I think it's just humility. <laughs> define humility to All me. Of All of them. Um, and it was uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's right. So it's yeah. not saying like, it's not pitying yourself down or having these thoughts that we've talked about in today's conversation. It's knowing like, mm. I am enough. That's why I don't have to mention me all the time because <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind yeah. of response we get, you know? That is 100% true. And are those not the most magnetic, amazing people? They are. When you sit down with somebody and the whole time they're interested in you and they're asking questions about you and they're wanting to know more about yeah. your story and like you get through like a 20 minute conversation only to find out like after they walk away that they're, you know, New York Times bestselling author or That's whatever, right. fill in the blank thing, you're like, they're even more cool to me that they didn't feel the need to lead with that to tell me that, and I yeah. just think there is some aspect of like getting over yourself like getting over yourself like which sounds like when we think of getting over yourself we think of overly confident people or super mm -hmm. full of themselves like super arrogant people but really it's just about any thought that points the magnifying glass on you yeah I'm not right. enough I, why do I always say the dumb things why do I always have messy hair why are my clothes never ironed ah whatever like getting out of that navel gazing that magnifying glass on ourselves and saying what if i turn that on somebody else to make somebody else feel really seen in a beautiful way mm -hmm. what if i call out because that's what we do when we look at when we look closely to other people we call out strengths and light and gifts and where we think they're heading but when we put put that same it's like jekyll and hyde magnifying glass when we yeah. put that same one on ourselves it's all the bad stuff all the bad stuff we can see um one other thing you know we talked about those four I'm not even going to try to list them because I'll probably get them wrong, but we, we know them. Course correction and uh, captive thoughts and some, there's two more. Um, I think <laughs> I think number five, That's this is the hardest one. This is, this is the one that's like, mm, that's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in a week. Um, this is the one where we actually do the hard work of dealing with the wounds. Mm -hmm. And so there's a part in slow growth. Well, there's part in dirt, first of all. Remember there sister books. There's a part in Dirt where I'm talking about the girl in the red cape running from the deep dark woods, escaping her way from the big bad wolf, ripping at her heels. She knows if she stops that it'll kill her, but she looks over her shoulder, breathless and wild-eyed at the last minute. She sees, I am the girl in the red cape, but I am also the wolf. Mm -hmm. And that voice in my head telling me to run and not stop running, it will never be safe to stop. That voice is my own. Well, in slow growth, we revisit that scene, this time from the perspective of the wolf. And there's this really powerful part that says we learn somewhere along the way how to twist the thorn in its paw, wow. how to keep it wounded just enough to go into fight or flight mode, to keep it running anytime we need it because the girl in the red cape doesn't know who she is without the big bad wolf chasing her. And we're afraid that if it stops, we'll stop too. Mm -hmm. We used that adrenaline. We used it to drive us to bigger and better places. And when that wolf started limping, we caged it and made it dance in our three ring circus, the one where we always get to be the high wire act. But now we've started to notice that when we twist that thorn in its paw, it's our wide open palms, our once unscarred wide open palms that now bleed. When it roars out in pain, it's now our throat that burns. If we want to set ourselves free, we have to start with that wild animal. Hmm. So that's the that's the big one. That's Chills. not going to happen. Chills. 
Yeah. I'm like, I just got to gush on you for a second. Like, this is how her books are written, people. They're like poetic <laughs> and fun and like packed of metaphors and like all the literary terms that you learned in high school. Like, Mary has <laughs> like geniusly triumphed over all of them. It is so good. It's like addicting. It's one of those page turners. Yes, because the plot is like so thick, but then also it's a page turner because you're like, well, how is she going to twist that one to be beautiful? <laughs> and she mm. does every time. Thank you. Yes, I know that's like weird to hear but we can practice what we're talking about today just like i receive it <laughs> yes um, exactly yeah thank you thank you yeah um i just yeah i just i'm uh, i'm obsessed with you as an author and just want all of our friends to know it and <laughs> to be a part of our little crew we've got over here that's <laughs> obsessed with mary Morantz. yeah i i just would love for you to tell us one where we can find book two where we can find more of you and then three like a challenge something that they can do today taking maybe those five things that we talked about like hey mm. they've stopped listening to the episode what's something they can start right now practically yeah yeah um actually it's uh, that was really you we did not plan this ahead of time but that was actually the perfect um setup because yeah. that massive project that i was talking about that was way harder than it should have been it took way longer than it should have and all the moving parts we actually literally just this week finished it and it's just going live stop um and so what we have done is throughout the book in Slow Growth, I introduce these five different characters who are different, yet somehow all the same versions of the woman always performing. Um, but it's talking about like, we're all performing. We can all recognize with that, like we're all performing for our worth or achieving or whatever, but we have different filters of seeing the world. And so there is the performer, the tightrope walker, the masquerader, the contortionist, and the illusionist in the mm. distance. And we are driven by different things depending on which type we are. So for example, example, the performer, which is what I am, we not only want to hit the big goals, we want other people to see how far we've come, that we weren't a mistake, you know, <laughs> that we, we made something of our lives or what have you. Whereas the tightrope walker is driven by very big goals. They live for the next upswing of a high to catch them just in time, but they could care less who's watching or clapping. The contortionist is not really naturally driven by goals, but they will twist themselves up into knots to please other people. The masquerader is terrified of failure, both how they would see themselves and other people would see them, so they stay stuck. The illusionist in the distance feels like until they are some future perfect version of themselves, they cannot move forward on any of these dreams. And so we've put together a quiz that you can actually take, and it will tell you which of the five types you are. But then more importantly than that, it tells you the strengths that type possesses, because they all do. The common places where you might get the pitfalls where you might get stuck moving forward on purpose in the dream, which we all have, mm -hmm. and like the next action plan for where you go from here. And so you can find that at marymorantz.com slash quiz. Um, you can also check out slowgrowthequalsstrongroots.com for the book. And marymorantz.com will get you the podcast, which is the Mary Morantz Show and all the other stuff. And then at Mary Marantz on all the socials. Amazing. Oh my gosh, you're so special. Okay, the practical What's one thing yes. to take well, the quiz and the quiz can kind of tell them? I mean, I really do kind of feel like that's a good next step. Um, only because I feel like until we kind of understand what drives us, both drives us to move forward and then also drives us to shrink away and hide. Um, it's it's kind of easy to just sort of feel like, oh, everybody gets stuck. Oh, everybody, you know, doubts sure. themselves. Oh, everybody doesn't feel like enough. So I think that's a good way to kind of put some language around what motivates you in yeah. terms of yourself or other people. Amazing. Um, 
Yeah. So that would probably be the one I'd go with. Oh, so good. Okay. One last question yeah. before we go. What is something that you are loving these days that you have to share with our friends online? It can be about you, shameless plug, or it can be something else, song, product, whatever. Oh, man. Um, I think probably I'm just going to give a shout out to Maverick City Music for their song, The Story I'll Tell. It is just That was your so one, beautiful. our last episode. Are so you serious? That... Well, then I need to come up with a different no, one. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Clearly, it tells me that you're just obsessed with them as I am. And I really am. You really, really, really love it. Well, okay, here's what I'll add to that. So I listen to like a few set songs every morning in okay. the kitchen to get myself fired up for the day. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Eminem's Lose Yourself is another one just to <laughs> show how well-rounded I am. show? Did you love I was it? Super, I was super into it. Yes. Super into it. And then I've also recently added into the repertoire, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. So I'm just going to say, which which basically talks about like break me down to dust. You know, there's a place for us. We are glorious. Like if you listen to the lyrics, it basically – very much feels like everything we've been talking about. Um, so I'm going to say the thing I recommend is to have a morning playlist. Yes. Those songs I recommended are really good. And for all of my 80s babies out there, the Richard Marks radio on Pandora or Amazon Music, you're going to love it. Okay. You're going to love it. I'm listing yeah. all those in the show notes. And I'm glad you mentioned Greatest <laughs> Showman because I got Greatest Showman vibes when you were talking through the five different yeah. types of people that you can be. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, like it's so- funny. I... I'd never listened to that music or it, like it didn't inspire the writing of it, but sure. it was like once it was out there, um, I was on a mastermind call and they played it and I was like, oh, this is like my anthem this for this season. This book. Yeah. That's yeah. so fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you are a treasure and this is always so much fun to sit down with you and I am just a huge fan. So I'm really glad that you could well, share right some back time at with you. us. Right back at you. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.